everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Vulnerability Hangover Podcast. I am your host, Nikki, and we have our emotional support pup, Enzo, hanging out on the little Enzo cam. I am obsessed with the Enzo cam right now, as you can probably tell. And I hope you guys are too, because he's just so cute. And I know he just sits there and sleeps the whole time. He is a vibe. He is a vibe. Today's affirmation is my worth is not dependent on how I look or how others perceive me. And the drink of the day is just water out of my trusty hydro flask cup. I don't have any special drinks today because I need to be drinking more water and you should be too. So let's take a sip together and hydrate ourselves. Amazing. All right. So last episode was on plastic surgery, but I felt like in this episode, I want to dive more into breast augmentations in specific because I have had four and a lot of women had more questions in regards to my breast augmentations and what to expect when getting a breast augmentation. So once again, I am not a medical provider or a plastic surgeon. I have just had four breast augmentation around the block. I know quite a bit about it. And I am going to be citing a couple websites that I used for some of this information along with the packet that I got from my plastic surgeon, Dr. Gabriel. Let's jump into it. With my first breast augmentation, I was referred to him by my injector and I didn't have any other consultations with any other surgeons because I trusted that this guy would be a great plastic surgeon and he was I just didn't feel like I was happy or satisfied with the size of my breasts after the surgery but overall that surgery was awesome and the total cost was around $8,000 I paid half of it myself and then paid the rest with my care credit paid it off over time within a year but also the anesthesia you had to pay out of pocket and the care credit does not cover that so that's just another cost that you have to take into account but overall the cost of my first breast augmentation was around eight thousand dollars the surgery took place on december 13th 2018 and I explained a lot more about that surgery in my last episode. So if you want to know a little bit about it, feel free to go check back into my past episode. But I'm just going to give an overall review of all of my breast augmentations except for two of them because they're not really as important and they didn't last as long. My second breast augmentation was way too big. I went up to 650 cc saline implants, which is way too big for my body. Obviously, the third breast augmentation was not successful either. Those implants were still pretty big for my body, but I did like that size. I'm not going to lie. This takes me to my last breast augmentation, which is what I have right now. And this one was a breast augmentation revision. Now, there is a difference between revision and uh, reconstruction. A revision is usually when the patient goes in for another breast augmentation after a previous one. Some reasons why women get revisions are because they want to exchange their implants or have capsular contracture, breast asymmetry, breast implant rupture, or malposition of the implant, which is very common for a lot of women. This can happen because you don't have a very good surgeon, they place the implant wrong, 
or you did not take care of your breasts after you had your augmentation or just over time, sometimes implants can look a little bit different, especially with the implants that they had back in the day. In my case, I had a revision and had my chest muscles stapled down and my implants placed above my muscles. Also, with this revision, I had a mesh bra put in place. The reason why I had a mesh bra was because I had tissue loss in both of my breasts, and it acts as kind of a hammock for your implants and gives extra support to them as well. Because my implants were placed over my muscle, I will have rippling, but honestly, the rippling is not as bad as I expected. Rippling is when you can see your implants through your skin. A lot of times this happens when they are placed over the muscle or if you have saline implants. You don't want to have rippling. That is definitely something that you need to talk to your surgeon about. If you have those types of concerns, definitely get that fixed, but it can be because of tissue loss because your skin is stretching. I also had drains put in with this surgery, which wasn't as terrible as it sounds. The reason why I had drains put in in the first place is because drains are placed in after surgery because fluid may collect inside of your body in the surgical area. This can create an infection. A surgical drain allows for the fluid to flow out. The doctor puts in a thin, flexible rubber tube into the area of your body where the fluid is likely to collect. Usually you have those for about seven days or so. I don't think you want to have them in anymore because that can also lead to infection. It is very important if you do have drains put in to make sure that they are drained properly and you're using alcohol wipes and making sure that no bacteria goes in there. My overall thoughts about my last breast augmentation was the recovery time was not as bad as I expected. Even my doctor expected me to have a lot more pain than I actually did. The first couple of days, I was in a little bit more pain than normal, but it was nothing compared to my other plastic surgeries, my previous ones. I also felt no pain coming out of the surgery, which was a shock to me as well. My surgical team was absolutely amazing. I cannot say enough good things about Dr. Gabriel and his team. I did come out of the surgery a little bit loopy, which is totally fine and completely normal as long as I'm not in pain. And my pain level throughout the first day was very minimal. Of course, I was round the clock on pain medications the first couple of days. But after those couple of days, I was completely fine. The drains are a little bit uncomfortable, but I have had drains put in the past, so I was used to them. And I just ended up sleeping on my back and had the drains on each side and made sure that I was in a position where it was comfortable for me and it didn't feel as heavy on my chest. Because for the first week or so, your body's still adjusting to the weight the implants can have on you. I am very happy with my results and I think overall the recovery was not as bad as I expected, especially with having a revision where your muscles are basically up to your collarbone. I'm going to go over my post-op instructions that my surgeon gave to me. This is from an actual surgeon, Dr. Gabriel. I am not giving you guys false information, but your post-op instructions could be different. It just really depends on the surgeon. But I'm just going to go over what to expect if you decide to go with Dr. Gabriel. It's super important to have these because sometimes you may forget. It's also good to have when you have a caregiver taking care of you, of course, because you're not supposed to be lifting anything over 10 pounds after your surgery. 
and you're not supposed to be pushing up and like getting up. So you do need help your first week or so, I would say, getting in and out of bed. From the top, it says you must have someone over the age of 18 available to drive you home from your surgery and be with you for 24 hours, though it is a good idea to have someone available to assist you for the first couple of days following the surgery. I think it's important to have people there for you at least for the first week because you're going to be under the influence of pain medication and you will need help getting in and out of bed and possibly even pulling up your pants depending on how intense your surgery was. You do not drive or use heavy equipment when taking pain medication. That is a given. Shouldn't do that no matter what. Activity levels. Sleep slightly elevated. Use pillows for comfort and support. You may shower 72 hours after surgery. Take all the dressings off, but not the steri strips right under the skin. Wash all areas with soap and water, then pat dry upon exiting the shower. If you have drains, you will not shower, but sponge bath until your drains are removed by your physician. No bathtub full immersion for several weeks after the procedure. After patting dry the incisions, new gauze or pads can be applied if needed and the compression bra put back on. So when you come out of surgery, you obviously have a compression bra. You either have a zip-up one or you have one that attaches kind of like a waist trainer. That's the best way that I can describe it. It's important that you keep that on, especially overnight, because you may move around a lot at night and you want to make sure that the girls are held in place. I still wear mine. I'm not wearing mine right now, but I usually wear it throughout the day unless I'm using a different bra. But I want to make sure that the girls are kept in place and that I have my perfect cleavage. Remember to take brief walks every hour during the day to the restroom and to the kitchen, in parentheses. This will help to reduce swelling and decrease the chance of blood clots or pneumonia. If you have drain tubes, please refer to the drain tube care sheet that is sent home with you. Follow these directions and call when draining is less than 30 ml slash cc's in 24 hours. I am not a medical professional. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I did have a drain log and every couple of hours, if my drains looked a little bit full, I did clean it off with an alcohol wipe on both the cup, making sure the cup that you fill up the fluid with to measure the fluid is cleaned and the top of the drain tube where you release the fluid is clean with the alcohol wipes as well. With the drains, you do have to make sure they're suction shut. Put the top back in so that the suction of the, it's hard to explain, but the suction of you closing the tube helps pull the rest of the fluid out from the drain site. No lifting greater than 10 to 15 pounds for the first eight weeks. This is extremely important. The first eight weeks getting out of surgery because if you are lifting any more than that, you could cause issues with your muscles and it could displace your implants as well. You may resume quote-unquote normal activities such as shopping and light chores as tolerated, usually after the first four to ten days. Low-impact cardio can be resumed after a week. Avoid all sexual activity involving your nipples or breasts for the first month. Avoid all activities that involve bouncing and strenuous lifting of the shoulder and chest muscles for eight weeks. Continue to wear a supportive bra 
you were sent home with for two months. If you were sent home in a binder, continue to wear it until your surgeon removes it. The steri strips will be removed after one week. If they fall off before that time, it's okay. So the steri strips are where your stitches are, and I think this is just to help protect them if you go and take a shower and make sure that no bacteria gets in there. I was not sent home with a binder. I was sent home with a supportive bra, and I had a zip-up one for my last surgery. Your boobs will fluctuate throughout the first eight weeks. They will be very swollen the first week, so it may feel very tight. That's okay. Continue to wear the bra, and then after that, you're able to switch out bras. I think it's really important that you have multiple bras because you should be wearing that bra for three days max. And then switching out the bras to make sure that they're clean and also so you have multiple options if something were to happen to that bra. Here is what to expect. It is normal to hear swishing or sloshing sounds after surgery. This is caused by air and fluid trapped underneath the skin. This is normal and will be absorbed by your body within the first week after surgery. You may experience sharp or burning pains on the sides of your breasts. This is due to nerves. They have been put under significant stretch. Massage the area that feels uncomfortable in a circular motion for a few minutes until the burning goes away. I experienced this and it was really terrifying because I felt that same sensation when I was getting an infection with my previous breast implants. So that kind of terrified me a little bit. I mentioned in my last episode that I don't really have feeling or sensation in my breasts. I still don't really have feeling or sensation in my breasts, and this is not because of my current plastic surgeon. I don't really know what exactly the cause is. It can happen with plastic surgery. So when I do feel that burning, it makes me feel like maybe my nerves are waking up, and I have gotten a little bit of sensation back, but I think because they've been stretched so much with these four surgeries that I might not ever get sensation back, and that's okay because I already knew that might happen. But it is a very interesting feeling, I will say that. It is normal for implants to appear slightly high on the chest. As your skin stretches out and accommodates the breast implants, they will drop. This should occur the first few weeks of surgery. The final shape and position of the implants usually is not seen until about three to six months after surgery. It is normal for breast implants to feel firm right after surgery. The scars will be red and raised for six months. After that, it will fade and soften. It can take up to a full year for a scar to remodel itself. Your incisions may be covered with steri-strips, glue, or ointments. Your first appointment after surgery will most likely be the following post-op. Mine was the next day at 8 a.m., I believe. So it was like 24 hours from my surgery. It is normal to experience pulling or pinching sensation for weeks and sometimes months after surgery. Most questions and concerns about pain, swelling, and final results are easiest to answer at the time of your routine follow-up visits. I just want to thank my surgical team again for all of their help. I called them and made multiple appointments to come and see them because I was just so afraid that I would lose these implants. I just want to thank them again for being so accommodating and listening to all my concerns and making me feel safe and as stress-free as possible. Flight temperature elevation during the first 48 hours after surgery is a natural consequence of the body's reaction to surgical trauma. 
There is Tylenol in your pain medication that should control mild fevers. If the temperature is over 101, call the number provided below. Strenuous exercise should be avoided until 12 weeks post-op and then start gradually. Protect scars from the sun for six months by using sunscreen. Instructions for tanning. You must wait at least one month or until all bruising is completely gone before tanning. Tanning with bruises may cause permanent discoloration. It is common not to have bowel movements for two to five days after due to the surgery and slower motility of the GI system from the medication. It is important to drink plenty of water and a stool softener if needed. They gave options for stool softeners that I cannot pronounce, but I'm sure you guys know. And taper the pain medication as soon as possible. Of course, because pain medication can be addictive. Now, the following reasons to call prior to scheduled appointment. Persistent fever over 101 Fahrenheit for longer than three hours, chest pain or significant shortness of breath, increasing redness along the incision that is more than half an inch, a small rim of redness around the incision is normal, especially if the redness is expanding or extending over time. Drainage from the incision that is purulent pus. Also, if the skin next to the incision is turning very dark or black. If you have change in nipple color or appearance, or if one breast becomes larger than the other. If you are unable to urinate six hours after getting home from the surgery. A significant new opening in the incision over half an inch. Small openings along the incision, such as or so, are common and are not emergencies. And then it says to call the office if there's any concerns. So that is the post-op instructions for my breast augmentation. I also wanted to clarify in my last video, I did give the wrong implant size and I do have my implants here so I can share with you guys and also share what type of implants I have. I have the natural, I hope they're called natural or natural implants, and it's important to keep this card on hand just in case. The implant that I have on the left is natural soft touch breast implant, 385 cc's, that's on the left side, and then on my right side is also the soft touch natural Inspira. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And that one is 415 cc's, and these are high-profile silicone implants. Gummy bear, and they're amazing. Let's go over the pros and cons of breast augmentations. First one is a pro, individualized enhancement. There is a big difference between wearing a padded bra and undergoing breast augmentation surgery. It is not just the fact that augmentation is permanent. When you opt in for breast augmentation, you will receive implants that are catered to your unique frame. A good surgeon will measure and assess your anatomy, taking into account your size, your style, and your personal aesthetic goals. Remember, a good surgeon will be honest with you about the sizing. I cannot stress that enough. The con, potential leaks. While leaks are rare when it comes to implants, they can occur. Most of the time, breast implant leaks are related to a specific situation such as a car accident 
or another acute trauma. With saline implants, you will fortunately know right away if you have a leak because your implants will deflate immediately. If one of the implants has a leak, one side of your chest will be noticeably smaller than the other. Your body will absorb the excess saline and you will need to make an appointment to have the implant removed and replaced. Like I mentioned in the last episode, they don't always necessarily have to be removed immediately, although I do recommend it because they can lead to infection, and that did happen to me. With silicone breast implants, things are a little bit different. It can be tough to notice a leak. When it does happen, you'll also have to have the silicone gel implants removed and replaced and checked for breast implant illness. This procedure will need to be performed as soon as possible. So it's a little bit different from saline to silicone. Next, pro. Your clothes will most likely fit better. I will say you will need to get used to going up in size, whether it be with a bra or a shirt, and that might take a little bit getting used to. I know I am still getting used to it. The next con is the price tag. Cosmetic surgery is not inexpensive. You should expect to pay at least $5,000 for the surgery, although the total breast augmentation cost is often more than that. You will need to pay for the implants itself, as well as the surgeon and the surgeon's patient care. That's the surgeon fee, any medications, and the anesthesiologist care. And the other costs may be the initial consultation appointment, which usually they credit to your surgery. There might be other fees, so always make sure to go over the financials with the provider. The next pro, improved self-confidence. One of the top benefits for breast augmentation is improved self-confidence. I know for me, I feel the most confident I have ever felt, honestly, in my whole life. Of course, this is not just because of my breast augmentation. I have done the personal work, but having a breast augmentation has definitely added to my confidence. The next con is the potential loss of sensation, which I did mention earlier has happened to me. In rare situations, permanent loss of sensation in the nipples and or entire breasts is possible. When loss of sensation, numbness, or any change sensitivity does occur, it is more likely that it is to happen right away. After surgery, this loss of sensitivity can be temporary. Numbness is usually caused by the size of the implant or positioning of the implant. As the swelling goes down and the implant is able to settle into position, sensitivity usually returns and numbness disappears. Unfortunately for me, I did not have my sensation come back, although I do feel like my nerves are waking up a little bit more, so I'm hoping that I can get them back to normal, but of course I know with all of the trauma that I've had with my body, it's most likely I will not have those sensations back. And this is not because of my current surgeon. It's just something that can happen when you've had multiple breast. Let's move into the honest conversation about breast implant disadvantages. Breast implants, like any other medical procedure, can carry some risks and potential disadvantages. Some of the common disadvantages of having breast implants include complications during surgery, Breast implant surgery is a major procedure and carries some risks of complications such as bleeding, infection, and adverse reactions to anesthesia. Capsular contracture. This is a condition where the body's immune system reacts to the implant by forming a hard capsule of scar tissue around the breast implant. This can cause pain, discomfort, and disordered appearance of the breast. Need for future surgeries. Breast implants are not permanent devices and may need to be replaced in the future. 
which can involve additional surgeries and can lead you to more risks. I have been told that your implants need to be replaced every 10 years. I also have been told that with how advanced the breast implants are nowadays, sometimes they can last a little bit longer, but a mammogram or your surgeon will be able to tell you whether or not you need to get them replaced after the 10-year mark. Now, the last topic I would like to touch on is very important and is something that more and more women are coming out and talking about, and that is breast implant illness, also known as BIL. This has been a topic of discussion more and more in the plastic surgery world, especially as these surgeries become more and more popular. I got this information directly from breastcancer.org, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what BIL is. Breast implant illness is a condition that isn't well understood, but can be debilitating. The symptoms vary from person to person and can include fatigue, joint pain, memory, concentration problems, and more. BIL isn't an official medical diagnosis because it is not well understood, but some experts believe BIL symptoms may be caused by an autoimmune or inflammatory reaction to the implants. Now, I did mention that in my past episode, if you do already have issues with your autoimmune system, it might be best to avoid getting breast implants, but again, always talk to your surgeon or medical providers. Some symptoms of breast implant illness can include joint and muscle pain, chronic fatigue, memory and concentration problems, breathing problems, sleep disturbance, rashes and other skin problems, dry mouth and dry eyes, anxiety, depression, headaches, hair loss, gastrointestinal problems, and much more. I have seen in videos of women who have gotten their breast implants removed because of breast implant illness, their eyes look so different. Like their eyes are a lot more darker when they're sick because of their implants and puffier. Breast implant illness can appear at any time after implant surgery. Some people start developing breast implant illness symptoms immediately, while some may develop over time. A lot of these symptoms of breast implant illness are associated with autoimmune cognitive tissue disorders, such as lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and scarlederma. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm probably not. I apologize. Some people who have BIL also get diagnosed with specific autoimmune or cognitive tissue disorder, but many do not. It is essential to thoroughly discuss the potential risk and disadvantages with a qualified plastic surgeon before deciding on breast implant surgery. Now, we are coming to a close with this episode. I hope that you guys were able to gather enough information on breast implants Again, I am not a doctor or any sort of medical professional. I've just had four breast augmentations, so I know quite a bit about this. I also pulled a lot of this information from other sources, which I will cite in the description below. But always make sure to talk to a medical provider when it comes to this big surgery because it is super important that you are taken care of and that you are not suffering. I went through it. It is not fun. It is a great way to ruin your self-confidence. Sometimes it may not be worth it. I also want to give another shout out to Dr. Gabriel and his amazing team. 
If you are considering getting a breast augmentation, I highly recommend getting a consult from Dr. Gabriel. He did an amazing job with my girls. I'm very satisfied with my results. There were moments where he told me they might not look the way that you want them to. But in my opinion, I feel like they are so much better than I could have ever expected. And I'll be honest, these are the best results I've ever had with all four of my breast augmentations. So I'm super happy with my results. Thank you so much, Dr. Gabriel. And thank you to his team. You guys are phenomenal. That's it for today's episode. Please make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you may listen to this podcast. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. And so will Enzo. Okay, love you. Bye.